Hello, hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of the Podcasting Guild, Babylon 5, with your hosts, Eric, and the ever-present Andrew. Well, mostly present Andrew. Oh, no, I, I live here. I live here, <laughs> Eric. I never leave. You never <laughs> leave. Yeah, kind of like Jinxo never left until that one thing happened, and then he, he left. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that. Very good. Very good. Hello, yeah. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. For this week's episode, we have watched The Quality of Mercy, an episode which digs into some interesting developments in the justice system of Earth, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, or at least the justice system of Bab 5. Yeah. And also we have a fun aside with Lanier and Londo, which I'm sure Andrew quite enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Very fun. And we saw Dr. Franklin shooting from the hip again. Being, As being he does. a maverick. <laughs> yeah, that's his want right yeah. there. So As there we go. want to there do. Yeah. You know, this this is a pretty good episode. It wasn't like the top tier, but it wasn't total filler either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some important developments, especially around Centauri Anatomy that we learned about. Very important that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even believe... I can't even believe what what they did there. I don't know. That's we'll discuss it in in good time. Yes. But I was I was like, really? It must have been a late night in the writers' room. <laughs> must have been a lot of a lot of drinks or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we start off with Londo basically being given an assignment that we don't know what it is. We just know he doesn't like it. Yeah. You know, he's like reluctant to do it. And I kind of assumed it was to play nice with Jakar. <laughs> but yet again, Jakar isn't in this episode. Jakar hasn't really been in like half this season in hindsight. Yeah, he's been uh, AWOL for a little while. Yeah, for real. I mean, hell, even even Sinclair was only in one very short scene in this episode. This episode kind of was a little bit of the side characters. Yeah, let the side characters have some time in the, in the spotlight is nice yeah exactly so yeah that and we get londo basically coming out in the hallway and accosting and i i don't i, I don't know this guy's name uh but delin's denier linear linear yeah linear i know you didn't say linear but i'm gonna <laughs> call it linear linear yeah what well, you know basically is accosted by londo <laughs> who is just oozing like I was going to say used car salesman, but you know what? I'm sure being used car salesman is an honorable trade, and they probably are unfairly denigrated in pop culture. So I'll just say sleazy salesman kind of <laughs> talk track. And Linear is immediately skeptical, which he is totally <laughs> right to be. Uh, My good and dear friend Linear, yeah, I have yeah. a proposition for you. <laughs> it is an imposition on my busy schedule, but... <laughs> I would be happy to show you around. <laughs> and funny you mentioned used car salesman. I actually used to be one. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, many, many moons ago. I think you have told me this. What? what are the rumors true? Was it a oh. slimy business? Did you have to Yeah, lots of sleazy guys there. <laughs> and uh, the competi- they're like sharks there. They just like cut in front of you all the time. And when you're going to talk to a customer, it's like, oh, they'll just pull up another car in front of you. Be like, oh, this is my customer. I want to talk to them. Like, what? Seriously? Oh, my God. I was clearly going to go talk to that customer. 
and he just cut me off. That's brutal. That's brutal. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I guess in some environments, competitive, you know, being competitive with your colleagues can be a benefit. Although I've seen many, many more examples (laughs) where it is not an overall asset to be that competitive. If you don't make sales, you are making minimum wage in those jobs most of the time. That's brutal. You know, as we all know, minimum wage doesn't pay for much. Well, the Centauri ambassador stipend must be pretty <laughs> pathetic because Londo also feels the need to wheel <laughs> yeah. and deal and really lay it on thick, not let any prospective client like Linear walk away. And, you know, I thought we were actually going to get at least some kind of attempt at showing a bit of alien diversity, but no, no, it was like straight <laughs> to the club straight to like the strip club basically he likes to take his friends there a lot it's, it's very weird he does, he does. i know he, <laughs> he likes sharing his his gentleman boners you know he likes <laughs> i got it's just it's one aspect of those kinds of clubs i've never quite wrapped my head around and conveniently forgets his credit card oh that's right yes yes yeah yeah we're we're skipping ahead a little bit here but yeah conveniently forgets his card basically bullies linear into like paying for the drinks and stuff yeah but before we get there i wanted to talk about the one judge is this the same judge it is it's the same actor I feel like even. it's the same judge yeah. yeah same actor same judge same british accent mm-hmm. uh the one judge still judging even after his kidnapping <laughs> Yeah, and as we see later, the security apparatus around the justice system has not gotten any better. They're I mean, they can't even get one perp into an elevator without. <laughs> it's just it's and there insanity. were four of them there. There were four of them. There were four of them, <laughs> and he's handcuffed. Yeah. Oh, you guys suck. One thing uh, I wanted to note just here, because in this scene, the the judge basically passes the guilty verdict. And he hasn't passed sentencing yet. But in the scene, he notes that, or in a slightly later scene, he notes that uh, the death penalty isn't warranted. Or they don't have the death penalty for except crimes of mutiny and treason, which is when you get spaced. (laughs) Right, yeah. And specifically, the mode of execution is, yeah, being sent out into space. Which, you know, I guess if you're in a space station, yeah, why not? Why not? It probably is more humane, honestly, than like an electric chair or crazy lethal injections. Right. Like you pass out because you're starved of oxygen before Mm -hmm. before anything horrific happens. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get spaced, you don't explode or implode or anything like that. You just freeze. And that takes a while, too. You, you suffocate before anything else happens. Oh, yeah. you're. I mean, you, yeah, you're going to be passed out before you suffocate, and you're going to suffocate long before you freeze. Yeah. In fact, you know, I probably mentioned this because, again, there's only so many things I have to say, and, <laughs> and we've recorded many hours now of this podcast. Yes. But uh, on, like, space stations and stuff, keeping everything cool is usually a bigger issue than keeping everything warm. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's true space is cold, but it's also a vacuum. So, you know, it... it it doesn't feel that cold. Everything loses heat, but only by radiating as yeah. opposed to like here where there's air everywhere and you don't radiate heat. Cold particles come in contact with you and steal the heat. 
steal your precious heat away <laughs> and then you're cold but in space there are no particles to steal your precious heat away and so actually the bigger issue on space stations is it's overheating because the, the humans are generating heat and there's usually lots of machinery and computers that are generating right. heat and yeah you have to think about yeah. how you're going to get rid of all that heat we actually thought about that with the design of Babylon 5. If you notice in some of the establishing shots, you see giant radiator fins at the tail end of the, the Oh, is uh, that what those station. are? Big old radiator yeah. fins? Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's like eight of them or something like that on the, on the end of the station. That's pretty neat. So, yeah, they probably pump pump something through those, right, to like get, yeah. get the heat out into the fins. and. Uh, I'm sure if you dug into the extended encyclopedia of babylon 5 you can find some <laughs> blueprint there that goes into the fictional design of it and specifically yeah. the chemical coolants used as part of that process but i don't have those to know fins that don't look big head. enough to me to be honest with you don't maybe they're enough. more efficient because they have a unique chemical property or something than us yeah but they could only yeah maybe they can only be as Andrew, efficient though as the it's the future air. yeah <laughs> at least they're Is trying the, the distant future <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the mid-90s. Mid-90s. Okay. Also, so, all right. After that courtroom scene, there's a scene where it's Sinclair's only scene in this episode. He and the judge and Garibaldi and Talia right. are all sort of sitting around discussing this perp. And Garibaldi, his only purpose in this whole episode is just expressing how angry he is <laughs> at this murderer. And just being right. like, he killed one of my guys. I'll bet he's killed a lot. Like, rah, rah, you know, but basically mm-hmm. being the person saying that, you know, humane treatment for guilty people isn't a good thing and we should right. let him suffer and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this whole meeting, I felt weird about it because is there an independent judiciary in the future? A, what is the commanding officer of the station doing weighing in? on sentencing for individuals yeah you don't really want the military guy in charge i mean maybe it's a military station but no no they didn't they they were talking about all kinds of rights and stuff this clearly wasn't like a military (laughs) court so yeah you don't really want the guy in charge individually weighing in (laughs) right on every case Uh, yeah exactly and moreover where was the advocate for this guy yeah i was wondering that too doesn't their advocate have a role in the sentencing as well to advocate for a softer sentence and things like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, there was no one to advocate. The only pushback on sentencing was basically the judge going by his own moral compass saying, we're not going to do that. And then Talia being like, I don't want to. And turns out she was completely justified in that. Like, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) But before we get away from it, I do have a bone to pick here because they're all saying that Oh, you know, we don't do the death penalty anymore, except in yeah. cases oh of mutiny God. and treason. But is someone's mind being wiped not the equivalent of the death penalty? I mean, Thank come you. on. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're like, no, no, no. Executing someone is a big step. We can't just do it for every old murderer. Right. But you know what? Super cash. Yeah, we'll just erase who you are and uh, yeah. basically reprogram your brain to turn you into a servant of the state. Like, that is horrific. And your nightmarish. body basically becomes a golem at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. you are. I mean, that is so, that is just so Orwellian. I mean, it is, yeah. it is so dystopian. And like, 
you know, it's always easy to say yes when someone's done bad stuff. We basically get bargain bin Hannibal Lecter, right? Right. I mean, as far as I know, Hannibal Lecter basically created the trope of the poetically spoken (laughs) serial killer. He was pretty creepy. He was pretty creepy. I think he did a good job with that. Maybe not the he best, was pretty but creepy. decent. I thought yeah. his spiel about, oh, they have to join the choir. I don't know. It all <laughs> felt a little like, okay, guys, it's it's 1130. All right. We got to ba- be back here early tomorrow. Right. Like, we got to <laughs> nail. We just got to get this bad guy murder speech onto the script. All right. Let's just knock it out. Here we go. Okay. They're all going to join my choir. Blah, 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 blah. They have to join the choir. You're going to join it too. Okay. All right. Great. Can we go home now? I don't know. That's how I felt. <laughs> Speaking just... of knocking out, the next episode we're going to be watching is TKO. I think they probably had that one written after they had a few more drinks following the completion of this episode. Oh my God. But we'll get to that another time. <laughs> don't get me started. I did not. I <laughs> may or may not have accidentally watched that episode instead of a different one. Yeah, I was not amused. Going back to the mind wipe thing, I was just thinking that at the end of the day, this is kind of like peak capitalism. And what I mean by that is like, it's been propagandized that in this universe that mind wiping is humane, quote unquote. But at the same time, I mean, it kills the person that's there, but retains their body to still be utilized by the state or by the community in quotations, right? I don't know to to my mind, that seems like peak capitalism where you always get the most out of every resource, including the human body. I mean, yeah, I I guess I don't totally disagree with that. Although I would point out that there's a huge amount of historical examples of, you know, very much not capitalist states running vast systems of labor camps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. But, But yeah, that is an interesting point. And, you know, when you think about it happening to serial killers, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that bad. It's only when you consider that 99.9% of life is shades of gray yeah. and, like, think about sort of all the moral complexities that put people into the criminal justice system and just think of how nightmarish it would be <laughs> for this to be a decision that people could come to that you're, we're going to wipe your brain and yeah, keep you around as a mindless drone. They, they mentioned mopping floors and no one corrected him when he said, yeah. you're going to have me mopping floors. So we have to assume that is the kind of thing they would have mm. them doing. And I mean, if they haven't got to the point where they know with 100% certainty that the person committed the crime, that they still have people on death row like we have today that are exonerated. I mean, how much worse is that going to be when you're innocent? And you have your mind wipe. No, that's exactly right. If you're innocent or, you know, not just cartoonishly evil, but right. like most people on the wrong end of the criminal justice system, like victims you of circumstance yourself. You can't afford a good lawyer. You know? Yeah, or you can't afford a good lawyer. Or, you know, never mind any of that. What if it's legitimately a, a real piece of work, right? Sure. An evil guy. And now he's mopping up floors around the community that he was terrorizing. <laughs> like now his, some of his former victims have to just watch this right. guy who doesn't and actually remember anything. interact with him. Yeah. Yeah. And of course they could yell at him or whatever. He would just be like, what are you, why would you yell at me? I don't know. What, who are you? Why are you saying these things to me? Right. Like there's yeah. no catharsis for them. There's no, mm-hmm. no nothing. They just have to be like, oh, fine. Fine, Jimmy. You missed the spot, by the way. You yeah. missed the spot. You murdered my wife. Thanks for that. But all right. <laughs> you, there's some coffee stains over there. Yeah. I just, just mind wiping does not 
Yeah, it's not humane. Yeah. And it's not. No, not at all. I hope the show writers maybe return to this and it's explored as like. I can say it is down the line. Go ahead. I, do it, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Of it later on. Go ahead. What happens when mind wiping goes wrong? Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's a great point. Ooh. Some, that's some juicy stuff yeah no I, yeah. I i'm not surprised to hear that they revisit it the showrunners so far have been surprisingly responsible about considering the impacts of the world they create mm-hmm. i mean not get it right out of the gate but they definitely return to a lot of things down the line. yeah which you know that's fair you put something in a script and then your fans point out like <laughs> hey i wonder if they thought about this and you're like oh i didn't think of it. that's a great point let's write an episode about it yeah <laughs> okay all right so that's the criminal justice subplot going on with the serial killer let's go back to londo and linear whatever his name is <laughs> because they have a great little subplot you were right that i enjoyed it it was a good <laughs> time for everybody yeah you know having londo pressure him and then as soon as he mentions that he or like he's like boring londo with all the stuff he studied and when he gets mm-hmm. to st- st- statistics Londo perks up. Oh, statistics good with statistics. Yeah, statistics and probability. And I was just like, man. <laughs> you, you know, it's actually, it's not even something I'd criticize. I'd say it's actually very accurate and true to life that someone would be like, oh, you know, prob- like Rain Man, right? The card counters, great. Let's go gambling and make money and just completely not understand you know, the limited ways that studying things like probability intersect with things like being good at poker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I have, now that I say that maybe it is a criticism because linear was cleaning up mm. and they showed it with a massive pile of chips. <laughs> he was, well, it was mostly because he didn't know how to bluff and he just kept commenting on the probability. I think he's like, Oh, they even showed a scene where he's like, the odds of this hand is 5,000 to one. And then when folds, uh, on the which uh, you know is, anti. so two things two things one are they implying that the only way he's winning is that he's getting exceptionally lucky and it's just getting dealt incredible <laughs> right. hands so often that he doesn't even need to play poker to be winning uh <laughs> and two the odds of any hand is many many thousands to right. one like that's just how yeah. permutations work it would have been better if they had done blackjack like the MIT team from the early 90s, which is probably why this actual subplot came about, I think. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, because the MIT blackjack team was in the early 90s when they got caught for counting cards and stuff. Was it like, I mean, I was too young to remember. Was that like in the news? Was it a national storyline? Uh, I mean, I think it was like on page 13 of the newspapers and that wasn't like front page news right. or anything but when, when did the rain the man come out i think it was a... in the 90s as well at some point yeah, okay so yeah there's that's what that right was <laughs> yeah let's go let's go do some rain man but i love that they kind of subverted it and he was sort of trash at actually playing poker right yeah and then londo is cheating with <laughs> some kind of tentacle (laughs) and he gets caught and then everybody was kung fu fighting or specifically linear was kung fu linear was definitely kung fu fighting londo was kind of standing i wish we had seen more of that we we got like 
half a second, just a little teaser of linear kung fu fighting, and then the rest of the fight happens off camera, basically. Yes. Yes. So that was disappointing. But yeah, I love that linear's like deep down kind of a badass. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. So we've skipped over the plot with Dr. Franklin so far, but we should probably go back to that before we uh, continue on. That's right. Yeah, I guess there are like three plots happening this episode. Yeah, there, um, are, there are three plots. And so. two of them only only meet up at the very end. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, why don't you, you know, I, I, I do all the talking, Eric. Why don't you introduce <laughs> the Dr. Franklin plot? You oh, know, remember, carry, carry your weight on this podcast. I'm the color commentator <laughs> here. I'm the color commentator. I bring in the insightful, smart comments, and then you're the play-by-play <laughs> guy. That's my But when it comes okay. to the uh, <laughs> the Stephen Franklin, Dr. Franklin storyline, starts out with Ivanova confronting him about running a free clinic and down below. And she's not confronting him so much as, hey, I want you to close this down. It's more like, hey, I'm in charge here, so at least let me know so I can help you out a little bit and figure it out, which is a nice thing to do. I mean, she could just come down on him really hard, being like, close it down. But you see a little bit of Ivanova's heart in this episode, so that's good. It's true. Are we forgetting that Ivanova concealed her own shenanigans from Garibaldi, though, earlier this season? A little bit of hypocrisy there. Very true. Susan. (laughs) Yeah. And so she helps him out. And Dr. Franklin goes to investigate why some people have stopped showing up at his free clinic down below. It's a free clinic because not everyone can afford going to the high-end med lab, which you can think of as just a regular hospital, effectively. Which, by the way, I yeah. you know, Dr. Franklin has a big heart. That much yes. is clear. And I commend him. But I'm with Ivanova on this one. You know, and she's like, you're the lead of the medical lab. Yeah. Your job is to be the, and he's like, my job is to help people. And I'm like, bro, you know, there's other actual jobs. You could go be a doctor in a medical facility, even a free clinic somewhere and like do mm-hmm. that. But like, yeah, no, I'm with Ivanova. Like if, <laughs> if you took a job doing a thing, do that thing. Don't be like, the job in my heart is doing something else. It's like, well, yeah, you could go get a job doing that then, man. And really, like, you would think he could actually do more good running med lab and then filtering stuff through his subordinates down to that free clinic because he could have more control over supplies that gets sent down there and that sort of stuff. I mean, I completely agree. Given that his responsibilities not only cover like medically treating people, but also sort of helping with criminal investigations uh helping with scientific surveys investigating (laughs) rare alien artifacts that his friends bring on occasion (laughs) exactly exactly so yeah you know to find him just moonlighting a free clinic yeah on the one hand yeah good for you man well the other hand bro if this really is your calling and what your heart is telling you do you don't you don't have to moonlight it go you could go do this as a as a job Many people do. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't know. You do, yeah, so that part I was a little like, all right, all right. But I thought the whole episode was going to be about that. Turns out, no, it's just a way to introduce, as you say, that there, you, you know, the other sort of medical options in the underclass of Babylon 5. Yep. And the person he finds stealing his clients and which by the way, she's like, what, you don't like the competition? It's like, again, it's a free, it's a free clinic. Yes. He's not losing money from the competition, <laughs> but okay. 
and she's doing what he's convinced is just some like scam right it's like faith healing rightly so i mean there's been no investigation she even admits that she doesn't quite know how the machine works right yeah although it turns out later she she knows more than she's letting on which good thing too because if it's true that she didn't really know how it works that's super irresponsible yeah right that's incredibly irresponsible especially for a doctor especially for a doctor exactly a doctor of all people should know better like New medicines, new pharmaceuticals have many, many years of trials. And, you know, well, as you can see with, you know, all kinds of things around the vaccine and stuff, even when medicines work fine on 99.9% of the population, it works different on everybody. How does she know? How does she know that this machine will heal everyone she uses it on? Mm -hmm. Well, she knows because the plot calls for it, but she doesn't. She doesn't know that. She's effectively testing this on people. Yep, she is. And she's not doing it properly either. There's no double blind, you know, clinical <laughs> trial going on here. <laughs> That's true. Well, and the first patient we see, I think, is deliberately meant to be vague, where they're like, yeah, I think my hand feels better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it tingles a little, but, uh, and she's like, great. Well, then, it's, then it means it's working. So you're all <laughs> cured now. <laughs> so, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that definitely seems pretty, pretty shady. Yeah. And, Pain is one of the most difficult things to treat because it's different for everyone. And this is why placebos can have an effect on treating pain, even though they actually don't do anything physiologically, because your mind can actually control your pain to some extent as well. So oh, that's, yeah. I think that's what they're totally painting her in in this scene here. Like, oh, yeah, it could totally be a placebo effect that's going on that she doesn't know that. Well, and the placebo effect has kind of entered the modern lexicon as synonymous with fake but it's not really the placebo effect is a real actual effect yeah Uh, and really all that means is your brain is powerful and plays a big role in your ability to heal and fight infections and the belief that you are going to heal has a real effect Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's fake but it also means that you know, it is your brain doing it and not right. It may not thing. be anything to do with the machine. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, the the first time we meet her, it all seems pretty sketchy. And she kind of has this argument with Franklin, Dr. Franklin, who's like, uh, this is a scam. And she's indignant, but but not indignant in a way that makes me think she actually hold on real quick. Back up. Is this a golden girl? Is the actress who played? Like she looked straight out of the Golden Girls, but I couldn't place the. Let me see here. We can find out. Who co-starred this episode? Let's look that up. Oh, okay. June Lockhart played Dr. Laura Rosen. June Lockhart. That doesn't sound. Let's see. Okay. All right. So I don't see. Oh, she's still acting. She was in Lost in Space last year. That's what I just saw. Yeah, Lost in Space. Lassie. She was in Lassie. Wow, she's had she's an incredible been career. A long time. Ninety-six years old, still active. Wow. From nineteen thirty-eight <laughs> to the present. Wow. Okay, I had no idea we were witnessing a legend on screen. There, this woman has had an absolutely unbelievable career. Yeah, look at that. Lost in Space, Grey's Anatomy. Drew Carey Show, Beverly Hills, 90210, <laughs> Roseanne, 
She's a character actress, though. Like she's she, a she, long lived. Most character. of her credits are for one episode. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Two hundred episodes of Lassie, nineteen fifty eight to nineteen sixty four. She played Ruth Martin. I've never seen Lassie. I think I probably saw like one or two episodes of Lassie when I was a little kid, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I scrolled past it on TV once, but yeah. Wow, no kidding. Okay, Magnum P.I. <laughs> She's been in everything. Yeah. Murder, she wrote. She was in Ren and Stimpy. You remember that? The new Lassie. She came back in 1989 for the Lassie reboot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, look at this Babylon 5. Yeah. Well, cheers to her and what a career. Yeah. It's amazing. No kidding. Well, okay, so not, not a golden girl, but... Also, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> neat. Neat. Okay. So, anyway, we uh, here we're, we're entering the last third of all three plot lines now, Eric. So, should we keep mm-hmm. going with the Franklin versus Faith Healer? Let's do or, it. All right. Let's, let's let's get through that one. So, uh, I'm trying to remember what happens. That is, what tips Doctor Franklin to realizing it's legit? Does he go do some research on his own? I can't he does some remember. research on... Well, firstly, he meets with her daughter, and they have a little chat about kind of why they're still on the station, why they haven't gone back to Earth. And he does some digging, has Garibaldi do some digging as well, which Garibaldi actually never gets back to him on. Oh, yeah, I'll get back to you in an hour, and then he never comes back to him with anything. But one of his assistants comes back and is like, he had her go and follow up on some of the patients that went to see Dr. Rosen and he was going through the folder and like these people are all actually feeling better. So he goes to check out what's going on. At that point, he brings his scanner, which I guess can scan people across the room, which is kind of neat and scans her while she is healing another person unbeknownst to her. And then he confronts her at that point saying, Oh yeah, I've now looked into this and looks like it's actually working and that's right i remember that he was like i was scanning your life signals uh <laughs> as you perform that which again again dr franklin does not feel any compunction to follow the normal sort of ethical rules like imagine if some doctor was hiding in the corner of your room secretly <laughs> x-raying you i don't think like, hip is a thing anymore for some reason yeah, in, in exactly this- <laughs> no, no patient no privacy consent here. needed uh, yeah no privacy uh just doctors lurking in the <laughs> shadowy corners of your residential room uh yeah yeah scanning you don't worry about it don't worry about it it's for your own good mm-hmm. yeah and so he he like figures out that basically it drains the life of the user and uses it to heal, uh, you know, the recipient. Correct. The life force or life energy. They're very vague about what it exactly does, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. life energy. I, this is feeling like an old episode of Dragon Ball Z or something. <laughs> yeah, where everyone has life force and uh, they're yeah. chi. <laughs> exactly, chi. And uh, apparently, this is a finite resource, and she is using hers up to to heal people. And it turns out she has a debilitating terminal condition, which means that to her, a few days less doesn't make a difference. Oh yeah, what was it called again? It was it was 
something. It was coming. called Lakes Syndrome, which is made up. I looked yeah, into that. Okay, it's a fake okay. thing. But... Lake, Lake Syndrome. Yeah, not a real thing. So yeah, she's dying anyway and is in terrible agony and wants to spend the rest of her life healing people. Very noble. Mm-hmm. Very noble. And basically she says, oh, I, I lied to you because my daughter can't know that I'm like killing myself to heal these people because she wouldn't like it. Which, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. I can absolutely understand why she wouldn't <laughs> like that. But fortunately, a solution presents itself in the form of another plot uh, intersecting here. So basically, oh, 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 let's talk about Talia's uh, scan here Yep. before we get to the escape. So they have this murderer, this, you know, off-brand Hannibal Lecter, who's just kind of smiling ominously as people recite in legalese what a bad person he is yep and so tali is here to do the court appointed scan before they wipe his brain and the form this takes is she goes into his head where he proceeds to like viciously taunt her with all the people he's murdered right until like it's pretty yeah, yeah, it has has quite a drastic effect on poor Talia. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was just like, this is, this is nuts. <laughs> like, how is this the procedure? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you brought this up last time. I think Talia did a uh, mind scan of someone, or maybe it was the one with Ivanova. But you mentioned how it looked like it was shot like a 1990s music video or 1980s music video for Madonna or something like that. And I think that's how all the telepathy things is. It's all 1980s music videos. Just oh yeah, more creepy or less creepy depending on who they're scanning. <laughs> yeah, no, I was expecting a dude with like one long dangly earring, you know, <laughs> to come out playing a synthesizer or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was nuts. And by the way, Talia, she's supposed to be this professional, and she sort of was composing herself talking to this guy, and he was sort of saying creepy, threatening things to her, and she was like, dude, just sit down. Yeah. And then as soon as she's in his brain, she loses 100% of her composure. Everything that happens, she, she you know has this look on her face like, oh my god, no, <laughs> not not me, I'm, I'm a flower, I'm a delicate. <laughs> like, I yeah, can't. she sees a guy get shot, she turns and puts her hand in her face. Or and like her face screams, in her and... yeah, like, it's like, okay, that wasn't that graphic, A, yeah. go see a Tarantino film. <laughs> yourself here and everyone else is just kind of standing there in mist and you know i you know i guess we're supposed to understand that like she i don't know maybe maybe her emotions are more raw because this is a psychic connection or something but mm-hmm. i wouldn't say that came through so well it, it really just seemed like she she melted like butter as soon <laughs> as she was inside this guy's head yeah that scene made me uh wish that bester had done that I would have liked to see how Bester would have handled oh, that. Yeah. I think he would a have little, been like... A little professionalism. Yeah, for, no super way. fresh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so it turns out this guy isn't just your casual murderer. He's like a serial killer. And, you know, Basically. kills lots of people. It has this little spiel about how everyone needs to join his choir and you... you get the impression that just means killing people you know like i don't know i felt like it was a kind of a bargain bin uh serial killer explanation speech 
But yeah, you know, for a one episode bad guy, no sins were committed. It wasn't like offensive. I just didn't find it all that compelling. Passable bad guy. Yeah, passable. It was passable. It was passable. But yeah, yeah. It turns out court-ordered brain scans is basically the equivalent of like Silence of the Lambs plus Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) horrific. No fun. No fun for anyone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she, I guess, gives the green light. We never actually seen the brain wipe happen. They don't get to it. Yeah, they don't get to it, actually, because he escapes the guards before... That happens because he gets sentenced and then they go to take him to do that. And as they're taking him to get his brain wiped after Talia gives Garibaldi the go ahead and confirming that he has killed a lot of people, at least according to what he sees in his head, which, again, there are question marks there. I mean, yes, maybe he did. But if he's psychotic, maybe he imagined a lot of those things, too. Who knows? How how much can you trust that? That's an absolutely great point. I didn't even think of that. I'd also like to point out how weird it is that it's cool to read this guy's mind. It's cool to wipe his brain, but it's not cool to use anything you see while you're in there (laughs) in the proceedings. That part isn't okay. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's on purpose is to sort of show society's unease with telekinesis and and mind reading and like you know it's too valuable not to use but it's also like profoundly disturbing (laughs) Mm. but okay yeah so we see in this scene some of garibaldi's security at its finest they get this guy to an elevator and then with one surprising elbow swing he somehow (laughs) overpowers and escapes four people or you know like five people yeah when you're perp working someone you have people holding him while he's walking you don't just let him walk in handcuffs you're holding him while he's walking to prevent totally. him from doing that sort of yeah, stuff completely and it was uh <laughs> the doors on this elevator were lethal i mean if you think regular elevators doors close too fast or something wait till you see these things these things would cut your arm off it was like yes. oh i'm in here zoop, done although it done. must be said Garibaldi's a great quick draw. He didn't manage to draw his gun in that short period of time That's and hit true. the guy. Yeah. Which actually, by the way, fun fact, probably was the case for these doors, but I remember reading for the Star Trek doors, because <laughs> they, they close so and open so fast, it wasn't safe for them to actually put an actuator on them. They had to do it manually. Exactly. It's an actual person pulling the doors open and closed every time. You just shh, shh. That there's an actual person back there doing that because yeah. it's way too fast right if somebody had a body part in there and it was a, a mechanical actuator opening and closing the doors you could seriously injure them so yeah i always thought that was funny uh it was those super high-tech smooth doors yeah it's just a, it's just a guy it's just a person yeah well if they look like supermarket doors that don't open half the time when you walk up to them it would have been unintentionally humorous i think uh, that, but you know ah oh, that that stuff is great that's kind of why i like shows like uh serenity so much is it has yeah. that sort of yes it's the future but but stuff's still super janky right. <laughs> yeah so love that all right so the, the the serial killer yeah with one quick elbow uh overpowers five people and gets in yeah. the elevator and despite garibaldi being like hey stop the elevator He's still able to scramble out on the next floor down mm-hmm. and basically get away. 
Yeah. Like, no one's able to track them, which again is just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. You would think they would have a tracker on them too, like an ankle bracelet or something. Like, I mean, we have ankle bracelets and or track something. people all the time. Yeah. Or maybe just some ankle cuffs. Ankle cuffs know? too. We have so those. We can't, so we can't run. You can't run. Don't yeah. trip. You know, a million things. And, uh, oh, not only did he escape, I think he pulled the gun off of a guard. Well, he knocked out the guard that was in the elevator. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he grabbed knocked. his gun. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so silly. And by the way, these are like laser guns, right? They're plasma projection guns. Oh, okay, okay. P- PPG. Projection. And so they're not actually shooting bolts. They're shooting bolts of plasma, which... In space, kind of makes sense because if you're shooting bullets, you can actually puncture the hole. Whereas, at least the way these guns are described, plasma's, you know, heat energy, right? Um, yeah, is it though, Eric? Is it? I mean, I it's a state of matter, right? It's That's a very... it is a state of matter, yeah. but so are bullets. <laughs> like you're, you're it's energy. It's an energy if you gun. Took a regular bullet and you heated it up until it was a plasma, right? Until it was... <laughs> white hot barely able to be contained as a liquid but practically boiling you're telling me that that would be a less destructive projectile yes it's the future it works <laughs> go with it andrew it's the future i'll go with it i'm going with it here we go we're going with it right now we're going with it but yes that's the explanation okay so this guy you know makes his escape and Anyone, I mean, I think my wife and I both knew immediately where he was going to go, but it took the characters a few scenes to figure it out. Basically, there's an alert that goes out, and Dr. Franklin is like, oh, he's wounded. He's going to need medical care. And he starts going through all his, you know, his reports and being like, hey, let me know if a guy shows up wearing handcuffs and who has a gun. (laughs) It's like, you know, I I think they might have given you a heads up. Uh, whether right. you asked for it or not. And then suddenly he has the realization that, of course, he's going. To the, of course, yeah. To the, to the faith healer. I keep calling her a faith healer. It's an alien device. And the first time she calls it that, you think that, oh, it's just, that, it's just nonsense. But it turns out it actually is an alien device. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Franklin, he's like, uh, tell Garibaldi if I'm not back in 20 minutes to send a team. And again, it's like... Bro, just have them send the team. They could be waiting outside. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, oh, I think the bad guy might be there, but uh, but you know, let's let's assume I'm wrong. Let's just right. assume I'm wrong. I'll go by myself. He might hit on her daughter again and want some privacy. Who knows? You know, Which I, I thought was kind of weird. I we thought were, that was kind of weird. I was coming to Dr. Franklin being a hound dog, <laughs> being a little bit of a hound dog this episode. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I am sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> uh, I am for real. Yeah, so Dr. Franklin runs to the healer's quarters mm-hmm. and knocks on the door, and there's no answer, and then the door ominously opens. I like how they did this. It felt so much like a stage play because he walks in and it's dark and then he turns into the room. The lights automatically come up. It felt just like a stage play when that happened. <laughs> just so you guys are just like sitting in the dark or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. And so he finds the serial killer with the healer and the healer's hot daughter who 
is clearly Franklin's type. Yeah. And there's some quick back and forth that indicates that, okay, obviously he's threatening them to do this. And she's like killing herself to heal him under the threat of him shooting her, her daughter. And as soon as he insinuates that he's not actually going to let the daughter go, she, uh, I guess, reverses the machine or something. It, yeah, wasn't yeah. like, I guess it goes both ways. Aye, aye, aye. And <laughs> basically starts sending her horrible disease into him. Right. She's like, now you know what Lake Syndrome feels like. <laughs> and she starts describing how painful it is. And I have to say, the best acting of the episode some of the best acting of of the whole season i thought was this serial killer being hit with whatever this was he was serving it he was going all out like he had great veins popping out he was yeah. like sweating i mean yeah he was giving great it death all scene. to us yeah excellent <laughs> death scene yeah imagine just straining so hard that you know you're you're sweating and veiny and you know like way to go man way to yeah. go <laughs> the director was like imagine you're really constipated <laughs> <laughs> you should direct eric you you just you know i got a talent what can i say love you i got you a talent you do have a talent <laughs> um and uh so and basically this kills him and uh, Dr. Franklin has the classic doctor moment where he leans down and touches his neck and looks up and says, he's dead. Right. Uh, which, as we all know, that's that's what doctors do. Exactly what they do. <laughs> they don't check any other vitals. They don't try to give them CPR or resuscitate them. Nothing of the sort. And I thought, I you know, I thought it was sort of an interesting choice to have this heal the, the old woman. Right. Yeah. She basically transferred her disease to him, which and the reason I thought that was interesting was because her, the moral quandary was so it was a really good one. Yeah, agreed. right. It was like this person is slowly killing themselves to save other people because they find meaning in that and they find redemption in that. But they can't tell their daughter because they would be horrified to learn that they're slowly killing themselves. Mm -hmm. It puts Garibaldi in this, uh, or uh, excuse me, Frank, Dr. Franklin, in this really interesting position. And then the writers are like, actually, there's a silver bullet in the form of a serial killer to conveniently murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. like, well, I guess that's one way to resolve it, but it sort of ignores all the parts of this that made it interesting. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah. And so that storyline wraps up with another court scene where the judge basically says, oh, self-defense, go about your day and give the thing to Dr. Franklin. And yeah, that Justice wraps it up. Justice moves fast on Babylon 5. Apparently. They've apparently. got some Judge Dredd stuff going on up there. Things are decided lickety split. The real question is, how fast is Franklin going to move in on her daughter? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, she, I mean, you know, <laughs> she hadn't even left the station yet. He was already, he was already moving in. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Franklin, <laughs> you smooth operator, you. But we can't, we can't end our discussion without talking about the final scene, which was, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I said Sinclair was only in one scene. He was actually in two. He was, he was also yes. berating Londo yes. and Linear for their ex escapades mm -hmm. and linear basically takes the heat which you know 
yeah, after everything Londo put him through was interesting piece of characterization. I thought it was great. I thought it mm-hmm. uh, showed great moral character in Linear. And then he asks at the end, what were you <laughs> cheating with? And the answer basically was my dick. Like right. that was the answer that Londo gave. And it wasn't obvious to me if that was an honest answer. He didn't say anything, you know, after Linear leaves and is like disgusted by the answer. Londo doesn't say anything like, haha, what a fool to believe me, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, what the hell, writers? <laughs> what the actual hell? Like, did you let did you let your twelve year old son write this episode? <laughs> like, what? what are you kidding me are you the actual the canon answer the in-universe actual answer to how did lando cheat at cards was he used his his dick right to shuffle cards around by having it loop under the table i mean that that is the answer that's the answer apparently the centauri have six of them Oh my god! You should point out. You should point out as well that (laughs) this show aired in prime time, and they had an alien dick on prime time. Yeah, glistening. (laughs) It was it was it was wet. Looked like my dogs, (laughs) and they. (laughs) Oh my god. the cojones of these writers i i mean i'm so impressed i'm so impressed that they actually went with that explanation but also (laughs) also whatever the opposite of impressed what the hell guys are you kidding me although i don't like i wish i had a funnier reaction i wish i had like things to say and rip off of it i'm i'm like speechless if we look at the actual in-universe explanation it actually kind of makes sense. Remember the episode where we had the brain eater guy? Uh-huh. That creature was from the same solar system as the Centauri, just on a different planet, right? Oh or same sector, right? It used its dick. It had to tentacles. Suck people's brains. The Centauri have tentacles. Ergo, convergent evolution, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So yes, you have seen a Centauri dick. On oh television. my god! And and when you when you go back and reflect on the scene where they put the the ice water <laughs> on what yeah. we now and know like, is his I'm phallus, so cold. And it, 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 he's like squirming uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. This is what I think they called jumping the shark. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I maybe they just wanted to get back at the censors for cutting out other things, <laughs> so they threw that in. Yeah, maybe. Me, exactly. You know, it's like that old factoid you hear about South Park, where every time they had them take something out, or no, it was that was Fight Club that I heard this about? Every time they they said you have to take out a line, they'd replace it with something worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, 
I think with Londo's glistening, <laughs> glistening manhood, <laughs> we'll end out this episode of the podcasting yeah. guild. <laughs> so what what did you uh, think of the episode overall? Did you enjoy it? You know, I'm, I don't know. I, six out of ten. It six wasn't. 10. It didn't blow me away, especially coming out of the the last couple, which I thought were mm-hmm. really strong. You know, it, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't like that TKO episode, which that you haven't seen yet. That I haven't seen yet, <laughs> but I just can just tell. I don't <laughs> like. You know, once again, I thought they came up with some really, really crunchy, meaty, ethical quandaries, and then once again, sort of got cold feet when it came to actually resolving them and instead they were just like oh no it's no problem you can murder this objectively evil person and it'll solve all the problems yeah bringing up good questions but maybe not seeing them through to a good conclusion overall yeah yeah or or you know what if there is no good conclusion and and a Mm -hmm. character just has to wrestle with having a bad conclusion forced on them you know anyway. right right well i mean uh, to be sure we did see dr rosen having to wrestle with that a little bit that's true none you're the right. other characters right. have to do that so yeah i think londo has to take my favorite character for the episode though <laughs> this felt like a true return to form for londo yeah. this was londo at his londoist i mean <laughs> from the from the pilot episode where you see him light up and in the casino at the prospect of someone helping him make money. I mean, that's the Londo we were getting <laughs> in this episode, and I loved yeah. it. You know, yeah, absolutely loved it. All right, well, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode, friends and dear listeners. Our next episode, the infamous, some might say, TKO. <laughs> Those of you who have seen it, I'm sure. But yeah, we'll be watching that next. And quick production note here, we're going to be moving to a bi-weekly schedule going forwards just to allow us for more time for production and some other time and work stuff as well. So anyways, we'll be seeing you in the near future. Looking forward to watching TKO with Absolutely. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, a great episode, everyone. One of the best, even. <laughs> Andrew's favorite. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Andrew. And a good eating to you all. Good eating to you. <laughs>